Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, in this episode, we're talking with Professor Claire Thompson. She is also the chair of the International Pharmaceutical Federation's Women in Science and Education Initiative. So after we've had our uh, month long of women's history, we're going to continue talking about women in leadership with this new initiative from the International Pharmacy Federation. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that my book is now available on Amazon. Go check out how pharmacists lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding, and impacting pharmacy. It's a great book dedicated to women in pharmacy leadership. Okay, so today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest, Professor Claire Thompson. Claire is an award-winning scientist, strategist, and storyteller with more than 15 years experience in the pharmaceutical industry, spanning the large multinationals of GlaxoSmithKline and Pfizer, uh, virtual and contract research organizations. She is the CEO of Agility Life Sciences, an award-winning CDMO consulting and communications firm, which works with organizations across the healthcare space to advance their products and raise their profile. She is also an entrepreneur in residence at the University of Cambridge and holds an honorary professorship from the School of Pharmacy at the University of Nottingham. Claire is chair of the International Pharmaceutical Federation's Women in Science and Education, or FIP-WISE, initiative. Claire, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hilary. What a pleasure it is to be here today. Well, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, now that our listeners have heard a bit about your background, maybe you could fill in any gaps to that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's uh, quite a comprehensive uh, introduction, and it makes me feel very old. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going on there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess from a from a personal perspective, uh, I'm a sportswoman as well. To add another S to the scientist, strategist, and, and storyteller, so I played a lot of uh, football or soccer when I was younger. Sure. I, I find that actually the the skills that I develop by playing sport I really carry into my business aspects as well so you know at celebrating success whenever it comes so once you've achieved a goal you've got to celebrate that goal and I think that that's more pertinent now than ever when we've got to celebrate those little wins in the face of adversity um, and you know how to uh, how to to lead um, through troubled times and uh, getting getting the the best from people not the most from people as well so really understanding what makes mm-hmm. people people tick and uh, uh yeah so i i use my sporting skills uh, every day um i've also got a, a young daughter she's four you may well hear her in the background she does like to come and join <laughs> me <laughs> on a, on any meetings so uh, you may well hear her 
All right. Well, um, and and if our listeners didn't catch that, um, Claire is calling in from the UK. Uh, so Claire, we've got to we've got to know which which um, soccer or football team do you usually root for? Oh, great question. So um, I'm a, a Manchester United fan. I have been since I was really okay. young. But uh, actually, uh-huh. I, I started an initiative last year uh, called Gift gift grants so our girls and football teams um uh yeah. grassroots football and certainly women's football is uh, it's mm-hmm. it's just underfunded so i wanted to mm-hmm. to provide girls with um support with funding that would enable them to go out run around be active and uh get the camera camaraderie and the teamwork and it's those the skills for life rather than just skills for sport. Mm-hmm. So um, I started a program last, last year, and as a result of that, uh, we now sponsor 11 teams? Yes, 11 teams uh, around the UK mm-hmm. uh, from age uh, 8 all the way up to adults. And um, it's, a, it's incredible. It's incredible to see what it has done to, for them, especially in the pandemic. You know, they've got... Um, mm-hmm. kits to kits to play in that actually fit them rather than ones that have been handed down by the boys teams or ones that they've been playing in for years mm-hmm. um, and they've got equipment that can help them train because we're all struggling with being stuck at home in the pandemic at the moment so it's a mm-hmm. it's a lovely thing and we're gonna we're gonna continue to do that going forward very good mm. so I, I I can't say which well, one of them su- I support because I support them all <laughs> uh... <laughs> Well, um, I too uh, played soccer growing up, so we share that. Um, and uh, yes, helped uh, my high school team go to the state championship and and helped sc- and actually score the winning goal. So um, that is something that's very important to me. Um, those sports and and learning those life skills. And um, I have a new daughter, a new baby. She is uh, about to be five months old. And I, I can't wait for those days of taking her to the soccer fields for practice and, you know, doing all of the other sports like gymnastics and things, um, because there are there, I mean, it's, it's definitely a lot to, of discipline, perseverance, um, you know, setting goals, uh, and teamwork. So I love that, um, you also love that. So Claire, how, how did you, so you're not a pharmacist by training. You specifically said scientist. So tell us how you found your way into the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, great question. So I'm a, a biochemist by training. Uh, anytime I, I talk to a, a group of pharmacists, I apologize up front that I am the elephant in the room. I'm not a pharmacist. I'm a pharmaceutical scientist. But please don't throw me out. Um, yeah, biochemist by training um, at the University of St. Andrews. Then I did a PhD, which was sponsored by what was then SmithKline Beecham and became GSK. Uh, that was at the University of Nottingham. And from then, I was I was just hooked, you know, hooked on uh, medicines development. That's where I wanted my career to go. Um, I got a postdoc position at Pfizer, which was fabulous because it allowed me to have one foot in the academic camp and the other foot in the industry camp. Mm-hmm. So I could do um, cutting edge research, but on actual pharmaceutical products. Um, I was then headhunted from Pfizer to go to. GlaxoSmithKline, I spent I think five years there sitting across 
chemical research and development, pharmaceutical research and development. So working on uh, molecules that have indications of uh, cancer, HIV, uh, asthma, uh, and various rare diseases and sleep disorders. So a, quite a broad spectrum. Um, and uh, I then... I. I I kind of had a an, an itch that I needed to to scratch. I was rather rather than working on just technical programs, I wanted to develop my skills in some more of a commercial space as well. Um, and I I got a role in a, a small company, so a, a CDMO, uh, contract development and manufacturing organisation, where half of my role was technical. So I was developing new services, uh, and leading a, a technical team, and the other half was commercial. So I was then going out. And selling those uh, those services to to clients, mm. and um, I mean the contrast from going from an organisation like GSK, which had a hundred thousand people, to being employee number thirty three, in a very small company mm-hmm. was uh, it was quite stark. But I mean, you go through yourself into these situations and learn as much as you can. Um, I was getting involved in all sorts of aspects of the business, and it, it really did um, in enthuse me about working for smaller organizations I, I, I find that big companies it's it's just easier to be within a, a silo that you can't get out of whereas smaller companies mm-hmm. um the the risk is higher but their rewards are fantastic as well uh mm-hmm. so i i then went from there to being head of r&d at a virtual biotech i was employee number four there so again <laughs> learning so much about mm-hmm. uh, uh, raising investment, uh, getting compounds to clinics or an accelerated program, managing your stakeholders, really honing the stories that you tell and the, the communications methods. Um, and from then on, there was only really one way for me to go, and that was for to, to set up on my own. So I set up Agility uh, Life Sciences back in 2012, um, we are based hmm. in the UK, but we've got a global client base. Um, we were initially a consulting company, so helping biotechs to develop their molecules and get them into clinic. Um, we then added mm-hmm. on the communication stream a few years later when one of our clients said, you know an awful lot about what we do. and We need to, we, we need to write some marketing material that really helps to demonstrate how excellent we are can you help us do it hmm. um grew that from there and then uh through the pandemic um i added on a formulation development facility as well this was an aspect that we were outsourcing for some of our clients and find it more and more difficult to find companies who had the the capacity and the capability to do it so i decided to to make the the leap um, never let a crisis go to waste, Hillary. Uh, uh, so start, <laughs> started yeah. that in uh, in September, and things seem to be going very, very well. Um, and uh, yeah, as you said, uh, on the side, I'm entrepreneur in residence at the University of uh, Cambridge. I was uh, approached by someone a, a few years ago um, to uh, assist the academics in assessing. You know, how can they accelerate their products? How can they take their ideas and turn them into products? How do they position themselves for investment and how do they tell their story? And essentially, it's what we do on a day-to-day basis in the business. And I thought it would be fantastic to work mm-hmm. with. Oh, my goodness. The best part of my job is working with really clever people and you know, uh, mm-hmm. advising academics in Cambridge. I mean, it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
So that is fascinating, Claire. And I love the um, the the name choice for your company. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about why you picked agility. So, Hillary, it comes back to the sports, um, the, mm-hmm. the contrast between sport and the pharmaceutical industry. As I said, my first jobs were in large pharma and you know farms heavily regulated and and therefore you're quite restricted in in what you can do but in terms of being uh, being clever and accelerating mm-hmm. compounds or accelerating programs you've got to be as agile and as flexible as you can you've um you start with an end in mind and really think about what you're doing and and make uh, informed but sometimes risky decisions so the the agility for me was about um having a flexibility in how you think and how you work and also in how you develop your your molecules so you can get to those value inflection points where you can meet your milestones faster but bringing in that sport as well you know being flexible being agile mm-hmm. being strong and there's a there's a third element to that in uh, my uh, my wife is called Jill and between the, the two of us we we set up the the company um so she got her name in there as well okay Very neat. Um, And so I think a lot of um, the listeners are probably also thinking, wow, how does she manage to do all of these things? She's the CEO of a company. She's a entrepreneur and resident. Um, You know, we're we're doing philanthropic things like um, helping girls sports. And then, you know, we haven't even gotten to the to the last piece of the the FIP or Federation uh, International Pharmaceutical Federation uh, work. So share a little bit about how you you balance and, and manage all of these things that you're doing. Uh, honestly, I'm terrible at work-life balance. <laughs> I think that's probably what it comes down to. Um, I I do work a lot, and it did take me uh, quite a few weeks, actually, uh, of the first lockdown um, early last year to really bed into working from home and finding a pattern that worked for me that uh, meant that I wasn't working all the time because my laptop was always just there. It wasn't like I was traveling to the office of traveling to a client mm-hmm. it was it was just too easy to to lapse into that but yeah I um I work an awful lot but I also have a fantastic team um and mm-hmm. what one of my mantras and one of our values actually is give people an environment in which they can succeed um I've been mm-hmm. uh I would, I would like to say lucky but uh, I think I'm more plucky than lucky, but I'll come back to that. I've been uh, we've been really great so far in the team that we've assembled. They're excellent people. In fact, I'm surrounded with people who are um, much. They're they're really humble. They're fantastic at what they do, and they they shine their light uh, beneath the bushel. So I try to shine my light on them as much as as I possibly can. So I've brought in good people. I give them the environment in which they can succeed, and I let them do their job. So that takes a, mm-hmm. an awful lot off um, my plate. Um, it uh, it makes them feel empowered. We get great results from it. So that certainly helps. Um, what's really become really crystallized in the last year as well is um, it's really about purpose, purpose and people. We focus on purpose. 
and people over products and profits. It's it's great for it's great for business. It's great for our people, um, and and I think that's just how I have worked for the last I don't know fifteen years, and how I want to continue to to work. We focus on our people. We focus on on what we do, and also how we do it, and um, mm-hmm. you know share the expertise and and always think of like what's the what's the purpose of this? What's the outcome of this? What what, what do we really want to deliver? Mm-hmm. You know, I love that point about um, purpose and people because I think that through the the COVID nineteen pandemic, that has become more amplified. Is just you know you mentioned oh well my daughter might pop in at any time. It's as everyone has has moved to or a lot of people have moved to remote work. That family, you know, your your spouse might be that your children, you know, your dog. Um, and so uh, there are certainly a lot of um, benefits of, of being able to, to have some more home life. Um, but I think there's a lot of grace, too, um, in that, hey, you can talk about, you know, oh, my, you know, child is like running around the, the, the back of the room or I've got to go do this. So, yeah, I, I love that you brought that up, um, the importance of, of people, um, which is, and then, of course, purpose. People are probably really thinking about, um, you know, their, their why, you know, start with why Simon Sinek. Indeed. And so what better time to think about those things than, um, when you've got a crisis, uh, like this. So, and I mean, yeah, I, very anytime, good. Anytime we, uh, I, I talk to people about the type of industry that we're in, whether it's from a, uh, consulting communications, uh, a pharma an academic perspective, I ask them to so what, what is this industry? What, what are the jobs that, that we do? And, some will say, oh, you know, we need to communicate the benefits of X, Y, and Z, or we need to make these products for patients. And in actual fact, what it boils down to is that we're a people business. People work with people. People buy from people. People believe in people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- at the end of the day, we want to develop products that improve the life of patients, and we're all patients. Or we need to highlight the importance mm-hmm or the benefits of a certain product to to patients or to the public. So it's all about people and how we work with mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the it's the essence of this. And I, I absolutely agree with you. During the pandemic, we're seeing you know, cats on keyboards. I'm surprised my Labradors haven't joined us yet as well. And, and you see more of the personal side rather than just the professional. And it's really endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very much so. So, um, Claire, you've mentioned kind of throughout, uh, your focus on, um, building others up, uh, you know, and especially women. So tell us first about, you know, what is FIP and, um, how did you get involved? And then maybe a little bit about the women in science and education initiative. Sure. So uh, FIP, it's the uh, uh, International Pharmaceutical Federation, and it's the global professional body for pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists. Um, so I have been in, uh, involved with that really only since the current CEO was put in place. So that's uh, Catherine Duggan, who is um, 
just phenomenal and uh, a, a real inspiration and a, and a role model for me and for many others. Um, I worked with her during my time at the Royal Pharmaceutical Society in the UK, so I was deputy chief scientist there. Um, and really, it's it's Catherine's ethos and her vision and her leadership that uh, really drew me to uh, really supporting the activities of, of FIP. Um, and the FI, so the FIPWISE, the FIP Women in Science and Education Initiative, really was was born out of a discussion maybe 18 months ago at the FIP World Congress in, in Abu Dhabi. So there was a handful of women leaders from uh, around the world who, who got together and we, we shared stories of inspiration, aspiration and exasperation really about our careers the you know the wonderful things that we've uh, achieved and the horrendous barriers or, or comments that we've received during that time um so from that came the idea of launching this fitwise initiative to support women in science and education and it really aims to engage empower and enable women in pharmacy education and in pharmaceutical science to achieve their ambitions and to attract young women into these fields. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we've heard a lot about, um, encouraging women to go into, to STEM or, um, you know, the, the science, engineering, mathematics, um, because it, it has been a predominantly male field. Although of course, in pharmacy, we've seen that, um, shift, there are more female graduates, um, with pharmacist degrees than there are, males at this point and, and more pharmacy females, uh, in school. Um, but yeah, so what are, what are some of the, I guess, goals, um, for 2021? Um, you know, how are you, um, recruiting females to be a part of this and, and really joining them, um, from all over the world? You know, we're all in such, such different places. And, um, it's, it's funny because I'll talk to people across, just across the U S and a pharmacy practice differs from state to state, uh, you know, even within our one country. And so it certainly, um, is different, um, from country to country. Um, but you know, overall the, the importance of having more women, um, in science and, and educational careers is important, but but what are some of the goals and how are you hoping to accomplish that? Sure. So we launched Fitwise in February last year, so we're nearly a year old. And for the last year, we've uh, we've been trying to uh, build the movement, so engage with as many people as we can, uh, women and men, because it's so important that we have uh, support and empowerment across the board. And although we're focusing on on gender here actually the platforms that we build through wise are broadly applicable to the other areas where there isn't equality um, so over the last year we've really been trying to understand the problems that people face so we had our mm -hmm. wise words series of blogs and videos which um, it showcases the the breadth and depth depth of female talent across science and education mm -hmm. we've had our women's leadership lab where we had leaders from across the globe discussing their routes to development, the skills that help them to get there and how they have thrived through adversity. Uh, you know, uh, and some thoughts on 
um, how they could use their platform. How do we use our platform or our privilege for good? Um, uh, and also really engaging with the, the younger pharmacist group. So we've got a young pharmacist group and developing a mentorship program there. So having that as a, as a pilot program. So now we need to move in 2021 from words to deeds. So really in the mantra of the suffragettes, we've heard a lot about what people need, about what the barriers are and how they need to uh, our support to remove those barriers to empower them to be the best that they can be and also to give them role models so it can then shine a light on them. So based on all we've heard in the conversations that we've had, we've got three key focus areas for 2021 and beyond. The first one is confidence and competence. So I think, Hilary, we all know people who are wonderful at what they do but don't have the confidence in in either Mm -hmm. stepping up to the next level or to say how really good they are in fact you know my team is full of them um so as i said earlier i do as much as i can to shine my light on them so what we're doing is we're providing an online leadership skills development program Uh, we're continuing the mentoring program to enable and instill confidence and i'll be launching a fitwise and fearless podcast to uh, to talk about talk to fabulous leaders across pharmacy, education and science uh, about their routes to leadership, how they have been just that little bit brave along the way and what's that enabled them to do. And this spun out of uh, something that I heard from a a fabulous pharmacist in the UK called Tassi Apotu a few years ago, who said to me that when I send my daughters off to school, I don't say to them, be good. I say, be fearless. And that really resonated with me. And that's why I say every morning to my little one is... uh, have a good day today and be and she goes fearless so um it you know we can we can all do with doing being a bit more fearless uh the second mm-hmm. activity is enabling workplaces so we're launching an enabling workplace environments uh, ed, uh, in education and science toolkit we're going to call on employers to build more flexible and empathetic workplaces essentially we want to remove the barriers build a culture of diversity by design and provide women but everyone an environment in which they can succeed Uh, and the third is supporting young women in pharmacy and pharmaceutical science so continuing to identify the needs um, both locally and globally because as you say you know practices are different state to state practices are different country to country region to region what are the things that we can do that can have their most impact Uh, and um, we're going to create some uh, awards or, or bursaries, which, again, can shine that light, can create a platform upon which young women can stand and also um, develop their skills through the, the mentoring program. Mm-hmm. So it's a big year for us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm sure that you are working to assemble a good team um, to be able to accomplish some of those goals. Um, And yes, uh, I I completely agree. And um, those are definitely things that are are needed, um, you know, barriers that we see and and some solutions. Um, And then you also mentioned role models. And that was, was something that um, really drew me as well, because I love to see some of these 
women who've come, you know, before me or, you know, that are contemporaries that have been entrepreneurs or, or built their own businesses or just, um, you know, excelled. And so that's really what drew me to writing um, my book about women in and pharmacy leadership, how pharmacists lead and highlight several women uh, that have been featured on the podcast. Uh, and so I think uh, as we can continue to, to highlight role models uh, of, you know, those women pioneers or, or contemporaries, it's just really encouraging to create that um, collaborative environment of sharing and, and support uh, for, for women. So um, great, great to see an, an international organization like FIP um, recognizing that need and, and creating some, um, you know, a movement and uh, some solutions for that. So very good. Um, well, Claire, as, as our final question, I always love to ask my guests, um, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other, I usually say pharmacists, but we'll say other uh, people in the pharmaceutical industry um, uh, who are just getting started in their career? So what would you tell your younger self? Um, probably two things. And um, one is be brave. So even if you think you can do it or you think it's going to be hard, uh, what I tend to do when I'm at a, a bit of a crossroads like that, and I, I, I certainly did it when I was thinking about opening our formulation development facility, was project myself five years into the future and think, if I don't do this now, will I regret it? And if the answer is yes, then you've just got to do it. You make the leap and you make it happen. Um, and the second piece um, what other people think of you is none of your business. That's uh, one of my mm-hmm. sister's favorite uh, quotes, and she reminds me of it very frequently. Um, it's it's so easy to get caught in that cycle of trying to please people, trying to second guess people. Um, just continue to think about what your purpose is, why you're doing this, and if you are not surrounded by people that um, understand your value and understand your values, then they're not your people. So be brave and what other people think of you is none of your business. Well, Claire, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hilary. You take care. For more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book now available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for how pharmacists lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding and impacting pharmacy. And I hope you check it out. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe rate and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating and reviewing it. Share it with friends. 
And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.